Awesome. You guys excited? Hopefully you t- did something nice for your, your wife or your mom. I know my husband let me get fun little toes. I got to get a pedicure, and I'm so happy. I love pedicures. How many women in here love pedicures? Yeah, I even got to get gel toes. I feel like that lady, have you ever watched Angela Johnson? She does, have you ever seen the comedy where she talks about uh, getting your nails done, but it's so awesome. And then I had a flower on the, on the counter from Johnny this morning. That was pretty cool, a Lily. So I feel pretty blessed. It's pretty awesome. But I'm excited about the message today. We're in our series. This isn't actually like a <coughs> Mother's Day only message. We're in our series on freedom. Really excited leading up to our encounter weekend, which I want to encourage you. If you have not been to an encounter weekend, it's a freedom weekend where we just really look at every area of life that Jesus has set you free from, and it's, it's powerful. So it's coming up the end of this month, the 31st of May, 1st of June, and if you haven't signed up yet, I encourage you to get signed up, come to that. But kind of in preface for that, we've been in our series on freedom, and I wanted to talk to you, how many have ever been stuck in traffic? Okay, we, we, get, we have kind of a four to five o'clock traffic jam here in Medford, but if you've ever lived in one of the bigger communities like Los Angeles, Portland, Seattle, any bigger city, you've been stuck in traffic. Now being stuck in traffic is bad, but how many have had an appointment and you get out of the house late and you have an appointment that is in 45 minutes and you've got about an hour and a half, two hour commute ahead of you? Anybody ever been in that situation? Okay, how does it make you feel? frustrated, stuck, discouraged. I remember living in the Bay Area and sometimes you would just, you would just be stuck in traffic and there was no way out. You couldn't move ahead, you couldn't go down the side road, there was nowhere, you're on the freeway, you're stuck, you're hemmed in. And that's a lot how we feel when we're discouraged, when we're stuck in the traffic of life. Is that true? You feel stuck. How many have ever had road rage in a situation? Oh, too many of you, this is not good. And, you know, we can sometimes, even in our life with the traffic that we hit, we can get road rage, frustration, discouragement at the things that are going on. But, you know, in some of the bigger cities, they have some cool things that they've created. It has different names. In the Portland area, they have something called a carpool lane. Everybody ever used a carpool lane? How about, I think in LA, it's called the fast track or the fast pass. And you get this special little thing you put in your car or you pay extra, and you don't even have to stop. You go right through the toll booth. You go on a bridge. You have a special road prepared for you, so you just bypass the traffic. How many like that? Pretty awesome. Well, you know, let me say this. Life in the spirit and and actually praise itself is like that highway. Praise and life in the spirit is a highway, but discouragement is like a traffic jam when you are late to an appointment. Now, here's the good news or bad news. You get to choose what road you're going to travel on. Pretty exciting. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I want to read you a scripture from Psalms 84. I love this particular passage. We're going to be reading uh, verses 4 through 7 from Psalms 84. I encourage you to read the whole thing. But it talks about kind of the mentality and the attitude of the person who has set their heart to seek God. It says this, What joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. Keep going. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage. Another translation says, who have their hearts set on the highway to Zion. It says they go from strength to strength. 
when they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger, and each one of them will appear before God in Zion. There is a highway, there is a road of freedom that God has prepared for those who seek him, for those who choose to get into out of the traffic jam of life, out of the discouragement, out of the frustration, out of the sin zone, and get into that special lane that has been prepared for us in the Holy Spirit. Now let me say this, it's easy to say about traffic, we'll just get on a different road. But you know in life, how many would say this with me? The struggles that you go through in your life are real, right? How many can say that? We talked about that a few weeks ago. The struggle that we go through because of sin, the struggle that we go through because maybe we're in a marriage and it's not going the way we expected it to go. The struggle and the discouragement we go through, if maybe we have a child that's not serving God or maybe has got strung out in some kind of addiction or is just not, not doing the things that you wanted them to do. There's so many things that can bring us to that place of frustration, that place of discouragement, that place of struggle. And let me just tell you this, it's not in your imagination. When you're in Los Angeles and it's, you know, two o'clock, actually now it's probably almost 24 hours a day, but it's three o'clock, four o'clock, and you get on that highway and all of a sudden you can't move for the traffic around you, it's not your imagination. It's real. And yet, when you are in a struggle in your life and you're discouraged and you're feeling hemmed in and you're feeling the weight, maybe of sin or the weight of choices that you made or the weight of situations around you and circumstances, it's real. That struggle is real, that discouragement is real. And God does not intend for us to live there. He's created a way of escape. You know, I've been thinking as I was preparing for this message, and we're gonna read the passage in Romans 8 in just a moment, but <clears throat> I think sometimes we tend to minimize what happened when man chose to sin, what happened in the fall. You know, we read about it, Adam and Eve, they had the little you know, fruit, and they took, ate the wrong fruit, the serpent came, they were kicked out of the garden, and it sounds like just a not very good story, but I wanna tell you this, it was so much more than that. Literally, when man sinned, it caused separation from God. It literally caused the earth itself to go into what we're gonna read about, even a form of groaning. All of a sudden, there were thorns and thistles where there never were, there were weeds. All of a sudden, there was suffering. There was sickness. There was death. There was decay. There was murder. All of a sudden, brother against brother, and, and, the, and the very first family, Cain kills Abel. There was real tragedy, real struggle. Real suffering that came because of sin. And we still today live with many of the consequences of that. And it would be quite tragic if that was where we were left and that's where we had to live and with maybe kind of a far off hope that when, when Jesus came again, maybe we'd get a second chance. But let me just tell you this, there is a way, there is a way of hope, not just in the life to come, but in the life that you live today. The ability to live with hope, the ability to live without the hemming in and the traffic jam of a life that is full of discouragement. And we're gonna look at how we do that. If you will, turn with me to Romans 8. We're going to read from the ESV, verses 18 through 30. And then we're going to look at three words out of this. We're going to look at the word groaning. We're going to look at the word hope. And we're going to look at the beautiful name of the Holy Spirit. Let's read together. You don't have to read out loud, but we'll read together on the board. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time... Those aren't imaginary sufferings, that's real suffering. The sufferings of this present time 
are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know, listen to this, that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? <clears throat> but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we ought to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, I love this verse, that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Woo, that's a lot of scripture pretty awesome. I encourage you to take the time to go back and read through, but I want to pull some truths out of that. And the first thing is that there is a groaning. You know, different uh, commentators, some say that it's literally just the, the creation groaning of the creature, you and I. There's a groaning, but I, many of the other ones literally talk about how the earth is actually groaning. There's actually, because of what sin, <clears throat> the decay, the separation, the, the cataclysmic event that happened when man chose sin and the, and, the, and the devil was thrown to earth, that literally creation itself is groaning. There's a, there's a groaning, there's a, there's a, there's a collective uh, cry that goes out that there's got to be more than this. There's got to be something more, more beautiful. And if we take it just to our individual lives, there's a groaning that comes out of our heart. If you're honest, if I'm honest, there are seasons in our life where there's something and we just don't have the answers. We don't know how to get ourselves out of the traffic jam of life that we are in. Has anybody been in that situation? And you know, sometimes we're afraid to express that. We try to suppress it. Actually, people sometimes try to medicate it. We do all kinds of things instead of doing what? Literally allowing that groan to come out. And as I was preparing for this message, I had this thought. You can groan in discouragement or you can groan in the Holy Spirit. One results in hopelessness and one in an indestructible hope. Let me say that again. You're gonna be groaning. There's a groaning. There's a groaning in the earth. There's a groaning for those things when you're wanting to be different. You wanna be set free. You wanna be different than you are. And you can groan in, the, in just your own natural self. You can groan in discouragement. Or you can do what we're gonna talk about in a minute. You can take the bypass. You can get in the, 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 the carpool lane. You can get that fast track in the Holy Spirit. And you can do what? You can get out of that hopelessness and go into that what? In 
indestructible hope. How do we get there? How do we live there? You know, jumping to the end of the message, my prayer for you, and what we're going to be praying for at the end of this message is that we would grab hold of the hope. And the hope is, is, is actually a person, the person of the Holy Spirit, that we would grab hold of him and we would allow him to work in us and through us and bring us into a freedom that isn't just something that we can dream about. It's a freedom we can live in day after day after day. Is that good news or what? And so that's our heart cry. What, how do we move out of that groaning? We do it because we have a hope. Everybody say this word with me, hope. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 ends with this verse. It says, now abide these three, faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love, and love is great. It's awesome. But can you imagine a life without hope? I was reading in some of the commentaries, and they talk about how the scripture says the just shall live by faith. But do you know, I don't believe you can actually live by faith if you don't have your, that faith anchored to a hope. A hope that what God has promised you, what God has given you, is not something that's going to go away. It's something that is real, and it's tangible, and it's tangible now, and it's also tangible for the age to come. Look at these things that hope brings us. When you walk in hope, and we have a slide with these on it, you have an ability to recognize that you are saved to be God's children, and here's the three beautiful parts, to experience glorious freedom from death and decay. Creation itself, there's death, there's decay, there's tragedy, there's real struggles that we go through. People really do age. People really do go through sicknesses. People really go, do go through tragedies. But through the hope of Jesus Christ, we have the ability to know that we have freedom from death and decay. We have eternal life in the life to come, and we have an eternal life, quality of life here as we live. We recognize we are saved to be God's children and to experience true relationship with full rights as adopted children. You belong to God. You are his. You have the rights and the privileges that come. You have someone to ride along in that, that, that carpool lane with you and take you past the traffic and the tragedy and give you the life that he called you to. And recognize you're saved to be God's children, to be like him. Chosen, called, and glorified. You know, when we're reading through that passage, there's the lovely verse that says, we know that all things work together for good. How many like that phrase? But there's actually a qualifier on both ends of it. It says, to those who love God and are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. The, let me tell you the bad news first. The bad news is, Everything doesn't work together for good for everybody. It's kind of depressing. But it, let me tell you this, everything works together for good for those that have said, I have set my heart in hope, I love God, and I know that I am called, that I'm chosen, that I'm part of his family, and in that hope, I live and I move, I have my being. And when I live there, it literally takes circumstances that are bleak, circumstances that are discouraging, traffic jams that, are, that you're stuck in, and takes you into a whole other realm where you bypass that, and you begin to have a choice and you begin to say, I am living in freedom in spite of the circumstances that I have found. That's good news. 
that's good news, and that's the good news, that's the hope to which we were called. You know, I told you earlier that Steve got me a, a pedicure for, my, for Mother's Day, and I was hoping for that. Every year, I sort of hope for a pedicure because I love pedicures. And this year, I actually wanted a gel pedicure instead of just a normal pedicure because I'd had a gel pedicure in Mexico, and it lasted longer. So I'm, I'm hoping that the one here in the United States is going to last as long as the one from Mexico. I don't know yet. But you know, my, my pedicure happened on Friday, so guess what? I'm not hoping for it anymore. It happened. It's real. It's the reality. It's on my toes. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the reality. And you know, some of the things that God has for you, you don't have to wait for. The freedom, the joy, the life, the peace, the fact that you have a God that's with you and never leaves you or forsakes you. You don't have to hope for that. It's yours right now. And you have that while you're waiting for the perfection of a life where there's no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. I don't know about you, I don't like sorrow, I don't like tears, I don't like pain, I don't like sickness. And I pray and I love it when God on this earth takes it away. But what I love even more is the reality that in this life, I have a God who's with me and in me and doesn't make me go through life by myself, but gives me freedom to live in a sense of joy and purpose. That's exciting, that's awesome. Why does he do that? Because he loves us, because I'm adopted, because I belong to him, I'm his child. Listen to this quote, we are saved by hope. We are supported and we are comfortable in the expectation we have of receiving from the hand of our God all the good we need in the troubles and adversities of this life and of having our bodies raised from corruption and death at the general resurrection. Not one, not two, but both in this life and in the life to come. Now, what, how do we access that hope on a regular basis? How do we have 100% ability to live in the free zone of life, away from the discouragement, away from the discussion? It's when we access the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus, when he was on the earth, told his disciples, he said, I know that you love having me here with you, but you're going to be really glad that I'm going to go and be with my Father, because when I go, I'm going to do something. I'm going to leave someone. I'm going to give you the gift of the Father. And literally, what did he promise? He said that we were going to have the Holy Spirit, not just with us, not just alongside us, like Jesus had been alongside his disciples, but literally in us, with us and in us. We have have the Holy Spirit. And that is such a powerful reality. And what does the Holy Spirit do? When it talks in this passage about how the Holy Spirit prays for us and with us, I was, I was doing some studies on the Greek word, and it's, it's, it's literally this word that speaks of kind of an, an interaction. It's not like the Holy Spirit does all the work for us, or it's not like we do all the work and we just have the Holy Spirit come alongside and kind of be our cheerleader. No, it's this working together. Instead of struggling and groaning in our own strength, we begin to interact and the Holy Spirit prays through us, for us. He works with us. And in that interaction, there's a powerful release of words and, and the, the groanings that come out of us. Now, they come and they go straight to the heart of God. The Holy Spirit, literally, when you don't know how to pray, when you don't know how to put words to the distress and the agony and the, the questions that you you have in your life when you don't know what to say. 
When you have the Holy Spirit and you begin to cry out, he prays through you. He decodes it. He puts it in a, he translates it as it were to God and that prayer goes straight to the throne of God and what happens? The prayer comes back. It's like the Holy Spirit decodes that answer and all of a sudden we receive that sense of hope. We receive those answers. We receive that free path to live in a whole different zone. And I wanna encourage you today I really believe that so many times in America, one of our strengths is that we can do it ourselves. We're independent, we're pretty strong. You know, people know pretty much Americans, we, we're gonna get there, we can do this. But did you know that's probably also one of our greatest weaknesses? Because we come to faith and we go through struggle and there's a groan and there's a struggle and we think, I gotta fix this, I gotta figure this out. I gotta, I gotta do this and then God, I'll bring, I'll bring it to God. Ah. And we were never created to do this on our own. We were, you were never, let me say this, you were never created to live in a life that is like a traffic jam. You weren't even designed to live in that kind of environment. You were designed to live and move and breathe with, through the Holy Spirit and literally live your life in a whole different zone. A zone free from frustration, a zone free from discouragement, a zone free from that sense of futility where literally the groan that you have, you put it to words, you do it in the Holy Spirit, and wow, what happens? You get an answer, you get a freedom, and all of a sudden you feel yourself, it's like, woo, you're almost like the Jetsons. When I used to watch the Jetsons, many of you missed that cartoon, as a kid, but they had these cute little cars that were like hovercraft, and they just zoomed around in the atmosphere. And in the Holy Spirit, we get to live and move and fly in a whole different highway. It's a highway of praise. It's a highway of freedom. It's a highway of holiness. It's a highway with the Holy Spirit, with you, in you. And it's so powerful. In a minute, we're going to pray uh, for this. But I want you to see this about the Holy Spirit. We are not helpless. We are not homeless. We are not hopeless. We have been adopted into the best family. And now we have an advocate, a helper, a comforter, the Holy Spirit, who prays for us. Listen to this, decodes God's will for us and gives us a new life. We don't wanna live in the traffic jams of life. We don't wanna live below what God has purchased for us. And we access it through the Holy Spirit. In a minute, I'm gonna have you stand, and we're gonna pray, and we're gonna access the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, this is a church where we believe not only that when you are saved, you receive the Holy Spirit, but we believe in something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is a gift that you receive uh, with, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And we have an encounter coming up in about three or four weeks, and we're gonna be teaching on that and giving you an opportunity to receive, if you have not yet, this beautiful gift. And even today, if you have not received that, or maybe you've prayed in your prayer language before, but it's kind of rusty, we're gonna give you that opportunity to come forward, and we wanna pray for you because I want to tell you this you and I were not designed to live this life without the power of the Holy Spirit Jesus said don't even he told his disciples don't you even start doing the work that I've called you to until you wait in Jerusalem and you receive that power from on high see when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and comes in you and he begins to pray through you and for you you live at a whole different level and it's a level that God has for you so let's look at this in conclusion. Here are four things that we have to make a decision. Number one, choose hope. 
I felt as I was praying for you this morning and just kind of praying for this service, some of you have been living with just a sense of hopelessness. Maybe you're not, and you don't think that everything is horrible, but you just don't have a joy. You don't have a sense of purpose. You don't have this sense that God is for you. Today, God wants to change that. He wants you to know that he loves you, that, he, that you belong to him, but you have to choose it. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and kind of seize you like a robot and make you live in that new life. You can live in the traffic. You can be a Christian and drive in the traffic your rest of your life and get to heaven and have him say, you had a fast pass already purchased for you. The Holy Spirit, I was ready. You know, those carpool lanes are funny because you have to have two people, which is kind of funny because I always thought a carpool would be like 12 kids smashing in a minivan. But you only have to have two, and sometimes Steve and I will be there, and we're driving, and I'm, I'm shocked in big cities how many people drive alone, and so they're stuck in traffic. You just add one person to the car, woo, there you go, right down the carpool lane. And let me just tell you this, so many of us live our Christian life with the Holy Spirit ready to just jump right in and go with us, and we, we, don't, we don't access it. We have a free pass to live in a whole different zone, and yet we stay in discouragement and frustration and futility. We groan, and our groan takes us right, keeps us still frustrated because we haven't accessed the Holy Spirit where he groans through us, for us, prays, and taps into that hope and that life and that power of the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you today, man, don't drive alone. This is more than Jesus take the wheel like Carrie Underwood. This is literally move over, put the Holy Spirit with you, and drive together, pray together, groan together, struggle together, and watch what God will do in this life and in the life to come. So that's number two, ask for help. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to demonstrate it right now, but many of you have received the power of the Holy Spirit through the evidence of speaking in tongues. Use it. Wake up in the morning. Pray in your prayer language. Go to bed at night. Pray in your prayer language. When you're frustrated, pray in your prayer language. And if you don't have it yet, we want to give you access to that. Let the Holy Spirit pray through you, for you, and for the things that distress you. Remember whose child you are. You are called, you are chosen, you are predestined to be like Jesus. Let's live like that. Let's not live below the call of God in our life. I can honestly tell you some days I, I'm frustrated, I'm discouraged, and then I read my Bible and I go, what in the world am I doing? Why am I living like this? When I have God and I, and I begin to, I kind of pray myself happy. I put on some worship, that highway. Praise literally is a highway. You're slapping, you ever had those days, you're slugging along through the day, slugging along through life, and all of a sudden, you may you pray in the Holy Spirit, you start singing, you start worshiping, and all of a sudden, wow. I had that experience uh, real quick. We were getting ready for our night of champions, and I, I, it just seemed impossible. There were some things we were believing for, and I was kind of in the car, and I was starting to grumble, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, mm-hmm-hmm. Don't make this. And he told me about a situation where I had grumbled and I ended up getting sick and all these things. And he said, don't do that. And so I said, okay. Guess what I did? I drove myself home. I turned on a video of Tasha Cobb singing, We Need a Move. And she was, and I just, I just had me some worship. And I was just like, we need a move. We owe miracles. And I'm singing in the car. I'm singing in my house. I came back to the office. Woo, discouragement was gone. I'd entered the, I got the fast pass. I got, in the, I got in the line of the Holy Spirit in the, what do you call it, the carpool lane. And guess what happened? All those things I was worried about, none of them happened. 
the good stuff happened. But the big thing wasn't even the gift that God did. It was that I felt different because I was living where I was supposed to live. In that freedom, what did Jesus say? Paul spoke it in Colossians. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. And that's my encouragement to you. Ask for help. Seek that help. Live in, because you're whose child you are. Travel on God's highway of holiness, praise and freedom. Don't settle. Everybody say those words with me. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to live in the doom and gloom and traffic. Rise up and be that pilgrim whose heart is set on pilgrimage and whose heart is literally the highway to Zion. You got a highway. You have access. You have freedom. We live with the glory of God. Let me just tell you this. Our world is crying out. Just everywhere around us, people are full of fear and discouragement and distress. And they don't need us as Christians to be in the same boat. They need us to say, yeah, I've been where you're at. In fact, this morning I was where you're at. This morning I was discouraged, but I, I, have, I have good news for you. I have this fast track that's available to you too. That's what the world needs, is those of us who make a decision, I will not live in the traffic jams of discouragement, but I will rise up and I will live on that highway of holiness. If you would stand with me right now and the worship team could come, we're gonna pray. Let me just tell you with this, I feel faith for you today. I feel faith for you. If you're discouraged, even if you don't feel discouraged, if you're feeling awesome, I feel faith that you're gonna live. You can live in that zone of freedom. It's what God has for you. It's what God purchased for you. He paid for it with his precious blood. And it's not a hope just for the future. It's a hope for now. The first group, if you would close your eyes with me, the first group I wanna talk to are those that maybe you've never, ever received Jesus Christ as your savior. You have never said yes to Jesus or maybe you did it a long time ago and you haven't been living before him. And today, something inside of your heart is going, I don't, I don't wanna live in the traffic jam of my sin anymore. I don't wanna live in that place of discouragement and frustration and futility. I wanna live in freedom. Jesus came to die for you, to take away the sin and the curse and to purchase for you and I freedom, freedom from sin, freedom to be his sons and daughters. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? We're gonna take a minute. All it takes is, you know, you don't have to get all cleaned up to go take a bath. No, you raise your hand and you say, God, I need you. I wanna receive Jesus Christ today. Can you raise your hand right now? I'm looking around this room. There's opportunities. God loves you. God loves you. He's for you. Okay, one more minute. If you want to raise your hand, just wave it at me so I know. I think I saw a hand over there, but I wasn't sure. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to pray a prayer. Father, I just thank you for those that raised their hand or even are waiting here and have not received you yet. I pray that they would receive you today as their Savior. They would access the freedom and the life that you have for them. We just thank you for it, Lord. You said that if we would come to you, that you would receive us, that if we would be our Father, we'll be your children. We receive the full gift of forgiveness of sin, and we become your children. We receive you as our Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In just the last minute or two, many of you have been feeling like you've been living in some traffic. Can you raise your hand? We've been living in some traffic. 
Okay. I think it's called life. <laughs> I just, just put those hands up. Maybe put them up if you want them both or whatever you want to do. But I just believe the Holy Spirit writes now. I want to pray for you. He wants to download your free pass. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is yours. He's your partner. He's your God. He's with you. He's in you to pray through you, for you. Father, I just pray for every member of this congregation, Lord, that we would live on the highway of holiness, God. Lord, the highway of praise, the highway of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would receive the fast path that you've given us by the shedding of your blood and that we would live above the discouragement, above the traffic. Lord, I pray right now for the, the very real discouragement that hits God. Lord, the very real situations that are in this room. Lord, I pray that you would help each person to groan their way to freedom, God, to give you and speak and pray and let you pray through them and receive the freedom right now. Lord, I just speak right now, even for that spirit of discouragement. We just cast you away in the name of Jesus. We just release right now. Just breathe in the Holy Spirit right now. I just leave the Holy Spirit is here. Just bring in life. Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Just begin to sing your praise. Just begin to cry out to God. I love you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to just uh, comment on, on this whole gist of what, what Pastor Kim ministered on. Um, it's easy to look at someone like Pastor Kim and go, well, you know, she, she's kind of flies every day at 30,000 above sea level. You know, she's, she's a jet streamer. But, but I'm, I'm sitting here trapped in depression and my circumstances haven't changed and I prayed. I just want to say that that is the struggle. The struggle is to look at impossible situations and then not, not focus on that, but focus on that which is bigger than that. That above your circumstances, every wall appeared like a wall until God made a door. It, 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 how many of you that have walked with the Lord for a great number of years will agree with me? Every wall, every impossible thing is impossible till it opens. The Red Sea looks just like water. <laughs> the Jordan looks like a river. Lack of, uh, lack of water in the desert. It all looked impossible until God moved. And what Pastor Kim gave us, not only that it's good counsel for ladies, it's good counsel for humans. Because there will be times when you're going to be in that box canyon and, and, and you're going to have every spiritual force asking you, how big old boy are you now? How big old boy are you now? And the key is you can huff and puff and try to blow the house down yourself or you can go internal and visualize the God and that's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit works in us to where we, we pray in our prayer language and, and, and if, if there's a blockage or some reason that that hasn't happened yet, don't get condemned because the Bible said that we can be filled with the Spirit by, by uh, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs 
making melody in our hearts to the Lord. Kim called it praying herself happy. I think it's a lot better to pray yourself happy and not pray and not lack of prayer yourself dead. People, people are checking out. They're checking out at 10, 11, 12 years old. I've talked to a number of people that, uh, even talking to our good brother, uh, Robert Gotchen, who spent years picking up dead people and dealing with that. He said, there's so many suicides that never touch. They don't, they don't report those in the paper. But, but all over our valley, there are people who are checking out. I wanna say this. What her therapy and her counsel today is so much easier than having your family look at you at the morgue because you lost heart and were so discouraged that you took the easy route. The, the, the hard route seems to be to face those impossible situations, to, to get into the spirit and to begin to see that your God is bigger than the problems and watch him move. Watch him take you into the express lane. You don't have to slog through traffic. If you've got a 45 minute appointment, you'll make the appointment if you're in the fast lane. Many of us have missed so many appointments because we're in the bummer. We're looking at ourselves and we're saying, I, I'm not that strong. No one said you were. No one accused you of being awesome all on your own. The Bible tells you that you and I are flakes on the fritz. We deserved hell, we've been given heaven, and we've been given powers to go higher and faster and stronger than what we can do on our own. Today's message needs to get in our heart. We need to get it in our heart. Why? Because, because there are struggles out there. If, 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 if you're, you and your family are doing great, trust me, we can introduce you to some families that need some encouragement. They need strong people who can show them how to get on the express lane. Trust me, Medford's got a lot of people that need help. They need you and I to one, flourish in God, number two, to help them. So anyway, I had to preach too. Anyway, I just want to tell uh, Pastor Kim, thank you for that message. I want to pray one more time. And Natalie's going to get me later because I always find a way to take service over time. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name. I, I just bear witness with what you're, you're communicating to us. Lord, we don't want to be tired in our mind. We don't want to be tired at 17. We don't want to be tired at 77. We don't want to be frustrated at 18. We don't want to be frustrated at 88. But Lord, we thank you that he that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. You are not tired. You're not asleep. Your arm is not shortened. Your ability to answer prayer has not diminished. Your motivation for your children and your family has not gone down. We thank you, God, that you have the tenderness of a mother, the compassion of an everlasting father, but you are the almighty God. And I pray, Lord, that you would teach us and you would convey us into a new mindset that we're not going to wait in traffic. We're not going to sit there and slog through traffic, but we're going to take the fast pass, the express lane by the Holy Spirit. 
And when that door seems closed, it's you, Lord, who makes a way where there seems to be no way. When we're given a diagnosis that a doctor says this is this and that is that, we know that could be what is currently, but that isn't necessarily what's going to be because your power frees us and elevates us. Thank you, Father. Get up in their grill, Lord. Love them. They're your kids. And I pray, Father, that everyone would have a happy Mother's Day today. We bless you now in Jesus' name.